Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Welcome to episode three on gentleness, MVPs, and dragon slaying. I want to start off this episode and just tell you a quick little story that I think about frequently in this particular area of gentleness. And you might not see how it relates at first, but give me a minute and you'll understand. So here's the story. Once upon a time, in a land not so far away, lived a dragon who ruled over her kingdom. One day, the dragon decided to go out and survey the kingdom and determine if it was all in order. As she looked over the kingdom, she discovered that it was not in order. The town was not tidy, and the food was not being well taken care of. The the animals were not fed properly, and the townspeople and villagers around her were running around and being ridiculous. Clean up this mess, the dragon roared, knowing that she was in charge of the whole village. And quickly, the little villagers scrambled to do the dragon's bidding. They knew that the town was a disaster, but the task to recover it looked so big, and they began to feel discouraged and get distracted and play with toys. I mean, uh, feed their chickens. (laughs) Well, the dragon noticed that the townspeople were not acting very inspired about cleaning up their town. And so she became so enraged at the villagers and their lack of focus that she drew a deep breath and blew fire across the whole land just enveloping the town and the villagers and everything, burning it all to the ground. So much rage. And after her nasty explosion, she knew she needed to calm down. And so she retreated to her cave. When she came out the following day, she was determined to ask the villagers to work again and not breathe fire on them that day. But as she surveyed the land, she suddenly realized with dismay that there was nothing left. No town, no villagers, nothing to take care of, and no people to take care of it. She had burned it all to the ground the day before. Now, my question to you about this story, while it's very sad and it can feel rather discouraging, is have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever felt like a fire-breathing dragon that is just wanting to rage at the people around you. Maybe just capable of breathing fire on everything in sight, breathing fire on toys that haven't been picked up or um, clothes that are dirty or food that needs to be cleaned up or children who are fighting with each other. And you just want to rage against it and say, if you don't stop, I'm going to be a fire breathing dragon and I'm 
going to set you on fire and burn you all to the ground. I don't know what it is that sometimes feels like it would be such a satisfying feeling to do something like that, but I can definitely relate to having that particular feeling. And in this episode, I'm going to share why we do that and a few key ways I've discovered to really help tame that dragon. But I want to share with you first that there was a time in my life where this story really brought me up short because I discovered that my kids actually thought for several years that I could be a fire-breathing dragon. In fact, when their father would tell them to do things, you need to go clean up your room or you need to do what your mother says. You need to do what your mother says or she's going to turn into a fire-breathing dragon is what he would say. And I think it was his effort at sort of making light of this serious of the serious situation like he was trying to be a little silly about it but I actually had some sensitive children that I didn't realize until years later that they actually were in fear that if they didn't do what I asked them to do that I really would turn into a dragon and breathe fire and they didn't want that You know, I was so devastated in those moments, and I'm sure that you've had feelings of devastation when you've really raged at your kids, or you maybe you just respond with a negative temper in some way that doesn't, that you know is that you're better than, that you're capable of responding differently, or maybe you don't even feel capable of responding differently, but you know you should be responding differently. That can make us feel so discouraged. And I tell you, when I discovered that my kids had been living in fear that I was actually going to become some giant winged reptile, I was so discouraged. As a child myself, I was for years afraid of the dark and afraid of big scary monsters and um, desperately wanted my parents to leave the light on in the room. And And it was a very real, terrifying feeling for me. I've been that way. And to to create a situation where my kids are living in fear that way was just so disheartening. And so I keep this story, this sad story, in my mind as as a way to remember that that really is what happens. If we continue to rage day after day, or if we continue to do something over and over again that hurts our children's spirits, eventually they're going to shut down. Eventually they're going to turn us off or step back or close off to us because it hurts so bad that they, they want to protect themselves from us. And there won't be a relationship there to continue working with. There won't be kids who are willing to pitch in and work hard for us because we have, we have severed the relationship. And so I keep it as a sobering reminder of the importance of prioritizing gentleness with my kids. I don't always make it. I don't always get it right, but that's the challenge that I put in front of myself of can I today choose whatever is necessary to be gentle and also get the job done. Now, what I want to start off with today 
as far as like how to tackle some of these things. There's definitely some skills in how to, uh, why we get to this point and how to actually make it so that we avoid that raging feeling more often. And so the first thing I want to talk about is why. Well, I can tell you three reasons why I would frequently get to that point of rage. And I bet you can relate to some of these. I'd be curious as to which ones were your top, or maybe you have some different ones. But I'm going to share with you three. So three of mine were, I would rage at my kids because I had too much on my plate. Now, too much on my plate can't could mean sometimes it would mean outside activities like I'm going here, we're doing that, we've got ball or or practice for this, that and the other and going to school or whatever. But my kids actually didn't do a whole lot outside of the house. And so for a long time, I thought that the way that I was handling things that I didn't have too much on my plate, I was a stay at home mom, I was homeschooling, my any volunteer work that I did was in the same area like where I lived. And so there was this illusion that I didn't have too much on my plate. But what I realized is that I would take things to a whole nother level of intensity by my creativity. I have a lot of creativity and it's it's a wonderful gift, but sometimes it comes back to bite me because I take it way too far. So let me give you a couple of examples. You know that you want to make healthy breakfasts for your family, but, and you have the time. So why don't you just make some muffins and scramble some eggs and cook some bacon and have a big meal. And then it really, since you're at home all the time, having a a really healthy, wide variety dinner is also something that should happen. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, then really you could be volunteering at church more often in Sunday school or in, um, in other events where you can run different events or like women's ministry, things like that. And what I would do is I would just take it to an extreme. The actual volunteering for the event wasn't the thing that was the problem. It was that once I volunteered, I would decide that the way it needed to be done was just over the top. So if I was going to bake a cake for somebody for a celebration, I wouldn't just bake a cake and put some icing on it. I would bake like a cake boss cake (laughs) and put lights in it and secret areas and, and nice, lovely, beautiful flowers all over it. And, and all kinds of like, just really make it elaborate. If I was going to do a dessert bar, I remember one time I was in charge of running some desserts for, for an event. And I made like, a dozen different bite-sized edible things to set out on a on a table so that it would be this gigantic finger food dessert extravaganza. 
there was nothing inherently wrong with it. It was amazing. It was beautiful. People thought it was delicious. Everything was great about that. But what it wasn't was it, it wasn't kind to my family because I became so obsessed with getting it right and getting it perfect and doing it to this way extreme level that I wasn't maintaining gentleness with my family. So learning to recognize not only too much on my plate, but also recognizing that it doesn't have to be the, the Pinterest version of doing it, that sometimes the simpler version is, is quite fine. And my family would really appreciate it if I would just choose the simpler version sometimes. So that's one reason why. Another reason why I notice that I tend to turn into a fire-breathing dragon is too high of an expectation of the other people in my life. So what I mean by that is I, when I ask my kids to clean up their room, for instance, I notice that as I get in there to help them, I have a basic expectation of them being able to clean up. But then as I'm cleaning up, I start noticing other areas that I've had expectations that they aren't meeting. For instance, and it makes me angry and I, I, I start to lose it at them if I go in there to help them clean up. Some of those areas are things like, I just naturally expect that my children wouldn't stuff dirty clothes into nooks and crannies when they're really gross. Like, isn't it so much easier just to put it in the empty basket right next to the door? That's so much simpler than, you know, you have to work pretty hard to like stuff it down in the back of the couch or, or put it in the bottom of the drawer in the back or, you know, all kinds of things like that, that gradually I would find things that were hidden where they hadn't cleaned up their mess and it would make me angry. In reality, with a six-year-old trying to clean up his room, the expectation that he is going to, on a regular basis, clean up his stuff and put it where it needs to go. It doesn't really matter where it needs to go. It's just beyond the expectation that he's going to regularly do that. Now, of course, different children have different strengths, and I have other children who are quite capable of doing something like that. But for this particular child, it was too high of an expectation. And when I went back and realigned my expectations with the person that I was interacting with, with what I had seen them demonstrate that they were capable of on a regular basis, it then becomes really easy to see, oh, that's way too high of an expectation. And the honest truth is I just need a reminder to check in on how he's doing with putting things where they go on a more regular basis than every two or three weeks or so when it's an absolute disaster. The other one, and I I would suggest that this might be one of the worst ones in our society today, is that another reason why we rage or get to the point of rage is just distraction. We get so saturated with noise, so saturated with social media, so saturated with the news and the television and the telephone and the and 
everywhere we go, there's something going on in our mind, some noise running. We're distracted from what's actually going on around us because there's always something additional running in our in the background. And so for certainly for me, what I've noticed is a correlation between if I have been totally saturated by noise all day long, I have a very low margin for my kids making noise. I have a very low margin for them having any kind of conflict. If I've been listening to the news or conflict on the television, if I've been listening to people fuss about stuff on social media, when my kids come in and they have a conflict, I have no margin to receive any more conflict that day. I'm just ready to scream at them, stop fighting. I don't care what happens, just stop fighting. Because I've already used up all of the all of the capacity that I have for that day in the area of conflict and noise and stress in that direction. So, and it just comes from being distracted in the back of our minds. So, those are three ways that I notice that contribute to me raging a lot faster. Now, they contribute to me not having a margin for gentleness. I, and what I mean by that is that gentleness comes in the times when we are less stressed. It's easier to be gentle if we don't have a lot of stress. And so the more areas of my life that I can create space to choose gentleness the better off we are. But we don't often make a practice of creating those buffer spaces. We kind of look at our schedule and are like, oh, I don't have anything, you know, I have something to do from two to three, and I have something to do from four to five, but I don't have anything to do from three to four. So yeah, I'm good. I can do something from three to four. No problem at all. And we fill up every little increment. We don't look for the space to be present. You know, I don't know how many of you are familiar with like uh, photography, but a lot of pictures, if you go look at a picture, one thing that photographers really look for is white space in the photograph. It helps be able to really fo- like know what the focus is. And it gives the the picture kind of a bright and airy clean feeling next time you go looking at photographs or beautiful images I encourage you to look for the white space in the image where is the blank space in the picture that helps you draw your eye to what what the focal point of the picture is that's exactly what we also is so important to do with our own life is creating that white space around the focal points. And so one of the ways that we can create kind of that white space is by just as I suggested with the schedule, like creating space in between times. I don't know how many of you do this, but if you put things on your schedule, I'll put something like say I have an appointment for 10 o'clock in the morning I'll put something on my schedule that will say it will give me the time to get dressed and the time to drive to the place 
and the appointment and the drive home and a little bit of a buffer on the other side. And so when I block out something on my schedule, I block out that entire time for that particular appointment. And then I just make a note of when the actual appointment starts. And that way, if my husband's scheduling something or I'm trying to meet a friend or something like that, I've already got space in my schedule that I can say, oh, actually, nope, I, I already have plenty that I'm doing during that particular time, even though I'm not like actively in an appointment at that time. So it's kind of a natural way to build that space in. Another way that we can do this that I really love is by asking a good question. I love good questions. And you're going to hear tons of good questions through this particular podcast. And one of my favorite questions around this is what is my MVP? Now, a lot of people think of MVP as most valuable player, but the MVP I'm talking about is minimum viable product. What's the minimum viable product? Meaning, what is the smallest workable solution or something that will meet the need that I have and nothing more? I think in a world that uh, that's our society where it's too busy, asking what the MVP is about a lot of things, it doesn't mean that we always have to choose only to do that, but it's good to be aware of it. So for instance, if I was going into my son's room, like I mentioned earlier, and he's cleaning up, a good question to ask is what is the MVP in this area? And real quickly, it might be that the answer will be so apparent to me like, okay, the the minimum viable product here is I need his dirty clothes. And so I can help him focus on that. All right, today we're going to go on a dirty clothes hunt. And instead of trying to clean up everything all at once, the first thing we're going to do is just look through all the drawers and all the boxes and under the bed and around the couch or whatever, and find all the dirty clothes, gather them together and get them in the washer. That's the MVP for this particular focus. Now, Maybe you decide that the MVP is no, this room has got to be cleaned up. Well, that may be true, but we can also break it down, right? We can break it down into more manageable steps. And so the first MVP might be we're going to clean out this box or we're going to just grab everything and put it in a pile in the middle. And then after that is accomplished, then we ask what's the next MVP? It's a great way to see where we're being over the top. What's the MVP for breakfast? Okay, well, the kids need to eat. And they need to eat some protein and probably some carbs and some fats. So whatever gets that in their body by this certain time is fine. So yes, you may have peanut butter. Or yes, you may have uh, a banana or... Yes, you may have cheese. Yes, you may have salad. Yes, you may have last night's leftover chicken. It makes it easier to see what the priority is and what isn't as big of a deal. And it helps let go of some of those expectations. We get really clear what the most important thing is. And then it 
doesn't feel like failure to say, okay, so I'm not going to make this big, giant, elaborate meal for breakfast. So those are a couple of ways that you can use the question, what's the MVP for today? It also helps with if we have like numerous tasks, I need to do the laundry and I need to do some work and I need to run my kids to this practice and I need to, okay, well, what's the MVP for today? If you, what's the minimum viable product What's the minimum necessary? Well, today, if nothing else happens, they do need to get to practice. We do need to eat. All right. So you've got your goal and anything after that is bonus points. Bonus points for doing anything after the absolute necessary. But the cool thing about doing this is that it creates that white space in our lives so that we have margin to be gentle to the people around us. We aren't so stressed out that the least little thing is going to just set us off and over the edge. Now, I'm not perfect at this by any means. I still struggle and lose it at my kids from time to time, and they know it. But I can tell you this, asking this question, getting really clear what is not important and setting it down and asking this question of what's in, what's my MVP on a regular daily basis, sometimes even more often than just daily, really helps me set my overambitious bug down and pick up gentleness and have that being a priority in my hand. So my question to you at the end of this episode here is just what one aha moment have you taken from this that you say, yes, I really see an area where I can choose something different so that I can have gentleness with my kids? Where can you change or take action in your life so that that becomes a priority, so that that gentleness becomes a priority and we make it a higher priority to avoid being fire-breathing dragons with our families? I look forward to connecting with you soon again. Thanks for listening. See you later. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?